After a few attempts at recording, I have decided to share the following episode of Who is Rock Talk and how it came to be, how this podcast came to be. It specifically highlights my point of pain, and I tried to explain a little bit of how I managed to dig myself out of my place of hopelessness. It is meant to be able to connect to anyone who has experienced pain or know someone who might currently be in pain and know that there is help available. I would encourage you, if you are in a life-threatening situation, to seek immediate medical help. If you need a suicide hotline, there are plenty of resources available. If you go to Google, if you ask Siri, if you call 311, if you call 911, if you're in an urgent situation, I would suggest that you reach out urgently for help. If you are in a stuck place, I would ask that you look around to see who's in your current circle of support. And maybe you can find one or two persons or people that you can honestly and truly confide and connect with. There is hope out there. And this podcast is for any who are silently suffering and most importantly know that there is help available. Hope you guys enjoy. Please comment and also share. I'd love to hear feedback. I haven't really received much feedback, but I would love to hear what you guys think. Enjoy. It's taken me a really long time to get to the place where I'm ready to talk about the foundation of Rock Talk and how this podcast came to be. We've heard earlier that I'm able to connect and have relationships with people, but in my opinion, what really bonds me to people, what really gets me to notice is when I see other people in pain. Sometimes they're open about it, sometimes they're vocal about it, um, and sometimes, a lot of times, they're not. I relate to people because I've been in a place of pain. And that's kind of where I'd like us all to start this episode, to just remember when we were in moments of pain. It's easy to remember the bad stuff, Um, different traumas, childhood traumas, uh, traumas in adult life, young adult life. The way my brain was working for a really long time is I could have 10 good things happen, but that one bad thing, it would just replay over and over and over in my mind. And... I mean, we could all agree that that's pretty unhealthy. And especially when you've experienced 10 good things with the people around you, but all you can remember or talk about is that one bad experience, right? It's kind of like it doesn't allow you to be reminded of the good things that life has to offer that you've experienced. Um, And also those around you, right? It doesn't really um, allow them to stay in positive moments or memories. 
when the negative ones are constantly being replayed. What brought me to Rock Talk was the solidifier obviously was a pandemic. Um, Being alone, cooped up, really forced me to continue to do a lot of the work that I had already started doing. Um, Two years ago, my marriage ended after 22 years of being married. Um, It ended in a way that um, was unexpected um, and, you know, traumatic to everybody involved. But the reality was it was over. We tried to get back on track, um, weren't able to. Because of that, um, I decided to move out. And, you know, our family dynamic changed. Um, We did try for about a year. um, And I'll say we, but really, I feel like individually, we were trying to find ourselves. And that year was kind of the foundation of my rock bottom, we'll just say. Um, I had experienced a lot of other stuff, but I just want to talk about my place of pain. Not the source, but the place. And I'm really hoping that I can connect with people who either are currently in their place of pain or have experienced and are on their road and journey for healing. That journey is, you know, long and the road could be wide. So whether you're still um, in your place of pain or on the onset of deciding that you want to be different, you want to be healed, you want to live a different life, or if you're further down the road and you've... um, already been on your path of healing for a while. I hope that uh, we can all connect to this episode and if we can just remember our place of pain. For me, that place of pain looked like a dark room, a pitch black room, we'll say. And in that room, I was experiencing a lot of pain and anger, frustration, um feeling of unworthiness, feeling of incompetence, feeling insufficient, feeling fat, feeling like a failure, feeling ugly, feeling hopeless, terrified, mortified, embarrassed, shameful, I think I already said fear, There was some moments of um, hope, right? I knew that I didn't want my life to end, so, but I didn't know how to work my way out of this place. And this place was happening on the inside, basically, you know, silently suffering and trying to figure out how to function and live life on the outside. I tried to keep my shit together um, for a while, but I was noticing that um, what I later knew to to 
what I later learned were panic attacks, um, were kind of like debilitating my life. Um, I was not able to eat. I was not sleeping. I was not able to think. I mean, I would wake up, I would take a shower, um, you know, the kids school, go to work. But I was just freaking the fuck out on the inside. Um, I walked into um, Kaiser Psychiatry one day. Um, we had been going through some family experience with Kaiser. So I knew that the program worked, not in its entirety, but I knew that it was a good start basically, um, because I was in crisis. So I went and since I wasn't suicidal, they determined that I wasn't um, in critical need of seeing somebody that day. So they said, someone's going to give you a call. Um, so, you know, I went back to trying my hardest to keep my shit together, uh, but knowing that I was losing grip. Um, really, really, really close. Actually, I think I did have a complete mental breakdown for sure. Um, but I did get a call and the representative, you know, if you have any experience, she did the, basically a safety check, right? To see if I was suicidal. Since I wasn't initially, she was just going to say, go ahead and get in touch with the therapist, da, da, da. But I was advocating for my life at that moment. I said, listen, I need something now. I don't know where to turn. I can't perform my daily duties. I am losing my mind. She recommended an intensive treatment outpatient program. So that program, in my opinion, was a lifesaver. Uh, there was tons of different people there, different walks of life, different reasons for being there. But the program worked for me at that time in that place of my life with those people, with those therapists, with those instructors at that time. Um, I was able to go during the day and then um, it was recommended that I continue to work if I could. So I could keep myself as busy as possible since at the time a lot of the stress was happening at home. Whew. Um, kind of part of the commitment of this program was that you couldn't make any major decisions, which was bad and good. Bad because I had to stay in whatever situation that I was in, I gave myself um, a year, but it was also good because I was forced to control myself when I wanted to be impulsive. When, you know, one of those moments of fight or flight came and I wanted to be irrational with decisions. It forced me to exercise my discipline 
and not make any major decisions. Um, Home life was really tough at the time, but I had to make a choice whether I was going to continue to silently suffer or what I knew I had to decide on the inside was make a change, a positive change for myself and for my daughters who were watching um, one, their mom having a really hard time. They were also watching their dad, but they were watching um, in what I felt like the molding and the making of a woman in crisis, right? Was, were they going to see a victorious woman? Were they going to see... I was okay with them seeing a struggling woman, right? But I did not want them to see a woman who conformed. I did not want them to see a woman who suffered. When she was able to make a choice... I have three daughters who were witnessing what was happening to their mom and to a woman. I was very well aware that I was setting um, examples, whether in the future they would want to follow the example or do the complete opposite. But the reality was that I was giving examples and I wanted to make sure that they seen an example of a strong resilient determined and even if that woman broke right but that they could with confidence say I seen my mom build back up and be stronger than ever that was my mission at the time. And I love the women in my life. I love the examples that I've seen. Um, But I also was able to see um, how some women were, I don't want to say forced, but maybe felt like they didn't have a choice to um, separate their womanhood versus their motherhood. Um, I know the example that I've seen with my parents is that my parents as a couple struggled from all that I could remember. Um, But what I remember of my dad, he was a great dad. I remember my mom being frustrated. And when I faced crisis in my marriage and my family, I realized that I was not able to be a happy, healthy mom while suffering as a wife. I just wasn't built that way. I I couldn't do it. And I decided to do something about it. Um, You know, my partner at the time (laughs) made it very easy uh, to make a decision, but the decision was made. Uh, after a year of us trying to get back on track, um, and also for six weeks, I participated in this program at Kaiser, which taught me how to 
think differently. I would I never was raised to um think differently, to challenge your thoughts, to uh when you're feeling sad, when you're feeling frustrated, to um do the opposite, right? There's so many techniques. Uh and later on, um I will reference um the therapeutic method that was used. I believe it was CBT, cognitive behavior therapy. Um, not to be mistaken with CBD, which we'll talk about later, but cognitive behavioral therapy. It really opened my eyes to a new way of thinking. And this is the third time that I've recorded this episode. And the first episode, oof, man, I was super sad, super sad coming from a place of pain, which was not necessarily bad, but I do want this episode to reflect where I am now, which is on a path of healing, but I respect and am very connected still to the place of pain where Rock Talk basically started to be born in that dark room, in the desperation, in not knowing how to get out, not feeling like there was any hope available, but having a a small support network around me, reminding me of, you know, my value, reminding me of my worth at a time that I felt worthless, um, at a time where my situation around me was uh, reminding me that I was not valued, not important, not worth <laughs> uh, a lot of things at, at the time. But there were um, a small group of people. And in starting this program, I had to pick out um, basically my emergency contacts, right? Um, who would later be my accountability partners. Um, and I did. I had a few. I was very mindful of who um, was able to go on the path of healing with me. There was a lot of people. Well, I'd say there was about five. But of those five, um, more than half, well, everybody was able to relate to pain Everybody was able to relate to uh, desperation. Um, Everybody was able to relate to uh, my brokenness. And then of those five people, some had already been on their way to or on their journey to healing. Some, um, you know, were in a parallel journey with me. And some were still in their place of pain and hadn't started their journey, but they were committed to helping me get better and healthier. So the year mark came and I had learned a lot of things. I had learned um, how um, that different thinking was available. I was able to learn some of the things, right? But it was still a foreign concept. Um, I was starting to uh, implement some of the techniques. I was starting to um, test and try um, 
some of the um, thought processes and, uh, you know, I mentioned CBD. Um, that's something that I also introduced to my um my journey of health because I wasn't ready to take the medication that Kaiser was recommending. I just um, wasn't ready. It was a personal choice. I uh, wanted to try and learn to think differently and also try a more holistic uh, homeopathic approach. You know, so I started researching different foods and teas at the time. Um, but I needed something a little bit more fast acting. So I researched um, CBD. I researched medicinal marijuana is what I did. And then I learned the difference between THC and CBD. Now, THC and I have met on two occasions. <laughs> and we are toxic to each other. <laughs> Whatever new bud new marijuana is in circulation right now is absolutely not the bammer weed of old it is not the chronic that we knew this is some like synthetic craziness um so needless to say thc and i are not friends but cbd um was very beneficial for me because I have an overactive mind. And according to the uh, Cannabis Club, <laughs> uh, when you're already a naturally anxious person, um, sometimes the THC can you know, cause that panic and paranoia, which I did not need more uh, panic. <laughs> so um, I was able to introduce uh, CBD as helpful to me personally. Um, and I learned that I was not able to access my mind, access logic when my body was out of control. So as much as I tried, if I'm in a full-blown panic attack, I can't log, I couldn't try to calm my mind down, right? Because my body was responding. My um, you know, w what now I know are my triggers or signs, right? Like, uh, for me, a panic attack looked like my stomach would start to get upset and then the, the, the trouble would travel to my chest and then, you know, it would start to close and my throat would start to close and I couldn't breathe and I would try and get up and it was like a gasping of air, uh, and it was just always like this fight or flight for me. And so I, you know, I would think that I would be doing okay. And in my mind, I felt like I was doing okay. And then my body would say, actually, you're not doing okay. And so when I was able to learn different techniques to treat my body, then I was able to tap into my mind a little bit more. So in treating my body, for me personally, um, that looked like a lot of baths, um, showers, um, walks. I mean, since I was in a constant fight or flight mode, 
just walks, walks, walks when I could. Um, just get up and really I was just running. Running from my thoughts, running from my situation, running from my mind. But I would tire my body out. And so then I was able to at least think and remember some of the things that I was learning in the program. But the year came, I decided to move. I was able to have a little bit more control of my physical environment. I, um, in turn, was able to have a little bit more control of um, my thoughts and my, my processes, right? Whether I needed to listen to music out loud, whether I needed to pray out loud, whether I needed to watch a program that uh, I watched, uh, I wanted to watch that could help either um, remind me of healthy things. Sometimes it was just a good distraction. Other times it was a harsh reality and a reminder that I needed to really deal with myself. And if I wanted to have the true healing that I was seeking and that I was committed to, that it was going to be uncomfortable. Coming to the place where realizing that true healing is uncomfortable. And it's also also a lonely place. But what was helpful is that I was turned on to this new idea of thinking differently. So in the past, when I had to sit with myself and sit with my thoughts, and if I was sad or whatever, you know, I went back to that old thinking of like replaying the trauma, replaying a negative, replaying um, negative messaging to myself. But with this new style of thinking, um, I learned that it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be mad. It's okay to be angry, but not to let that feeling take over, right? And also to challenge the thought. So, you know, for example, in a moment where I felt fat, like, okay. You can be fat, you can feel fat, but the pants that you bought two years ago still fit you. So yes, you could feel fat, but is that the reality? That was, that's like an example of challenging the thought, right? So as to where before, challenging the thought with real facts. The real fact is that the pants from two years ago did fit me. Did I feel fat? Yeah. Was I as fat as I thought? Maybe not. That was just an example. And then, you know, once I was able to like challenge the thought, right? Or at least, you know, present it with some facts. Then I could like, okay, well, if you really feel fat, like what are things you could do? Could you increase your exercise? Could you maybe make some tweaks to your diet, nutrition. My point is absolutely not um, (laughs) 
health tips here in terms of whether you think you're fat or not. Um, but my point is, my point is that there are different ways of thinking. That there are different techniques available to help us live different, be different, see different. But we have to seek them out. Thinking, um, thinking differently was, is essential for me. Not only for me, but I feel that I'm also able to communicate differently with my um, children, with those around me. I'm able to present different options, different perspectives. You know, um, share some of these new techniques, share some of the new, uh, not just techniques, but really, you know, my mind is changing. The way I think is changing. And in turn, you know, the way I feel um, changes, the way I see life is changing. My perspective on things is changing. Um, I um, am not a completely different person, but I am transforming, right? So I still feel very connected, aware, uh, respectful, uh, honor, honoring of my past and where I came from and how I was raised and how I was taught to think and how I was taught to see and able to use some of those, um, you know, foundational things or pick, pick out the important things of the way I was raised and how I used to think and figure out how to marry them or connect them with this new style of thinking and really try and pull out the positive and pull out the beneficial of all situations. Now, the old me is still there. Like, I can be very impulsive still. And, you know, I was kind of raised by a lot of dominant men in my life. And so my idea of respect is kind of skewed, right? It was kind of... um, you uh, better respect or else I'm going to have to do something about it, right? And so, you know, in all my tallness, I'm a whole five foot one, but I, you know, kind of had like that little man syndrome, right? So yes, I was small, but I had a big ass mouth and I would just fight. I didn't give a shit if you were a guy, a girl, whoever, very aggressive, right? And she... (laughs) She still uh, is in there um, and likes to come out sometimes. But because I've learned to think different, right? It's like, and I've learned to notice my body starting to react, right? Usually that will be like a racing heart or, you know, my my thoughts might start to get, you know, a little aggressive. I'm able to notice what's happening on the inside so I can try and... pause or stop what's about to happen or what can happen right and so the the challenging happens or you know whether it's to walk away right or remove myself from um, an atmosphere a situation a person a conversation 
without being rude, without being disrespectful, but, you know, honoring where I'm trying to go and respecting and acknowledging where I can go, right? Like, where I don't want to go. So, in this newfound place of thinking differently, of accepting the bad with the good, um, something else that I learned is that you can have two opposing thoughts happening in your mind at the same time. Um, You know, I used to have a mentality of, uh, no, fuck that. Like, and just be really negative and concrete with uh, what I felt like I needed to do, right? Um, And in a sense, forcing myself to, you know, be aggressive or... mm, How about we use a a current example? Current example, you know, uh, when a relationship or a conversation didn't end the way uh, that I anticipated or wanted, right? I mean, I could subscribe to uh, all men ain't shit, um, all men are just trying to get over on women, um, all men um, are liars, are cheaters, are just looking for sex. I mean, there's a lot of negative messaging that I could subscribe to, right? But could it also be reality that sometimes some men just aren't ready sometimes some men just aren't able or capable of um giving you what you need or even you know giving themselves what they need at the time um i've had you know a few um conversations and you know interactions with uh a few different people and i um uh, have been able to see in talking to them and getting to know them that we're all struggling in some way or another. And it's good to strive for uh, stability and perfection in a sense to, you know, you want to put your best foot forward. But if anything that I learned in my um marriage is that you really can't force anybody to do anything they don't want I mean you can try for a while but the end result is um people have to really be who they are and want to want to be the best versions of themselves and if you're not willing or able to be your best version with whoever you're with or that's around you to have the strength and the um, compassion and the dignity to be honest about your situation, right? Uh, We know that there are bullshitters in the world. That's for damn sure. I'm not naive to that fact. 
Um, but I know who I want to be and I know who I want around me. So, you know, my journey is not all kumbaya, which sometimes it feels like that, but it's absolutely, I'm very well of, very aware of the reality around me. Um, and I am very aware that there's a lot of people who are struggling, um, a lot of people who are struggling and I think it more important now than ever that we acknowledge our own pain our own struggle our own desire to heal and have patience and compassion with those around us and challenge your thought processes you know, if you find yourself, if you stop and look and you find yourself in, you know, a, a negative situation, um, how can things change? How can you think different? How can, if you don't know how, how can you research, you know, um, or get on Google and, um, research, you know, healthy thinking techniques, research, um, nutrition that can improve X behavior. Um, health is available and compassion is available too. And it's easier to be compassionate with others when you remember what it felt like to be in a painful place. And that's really what I want this podcast to be about. I'm fun. I think I'm fun. (laughs) But I'm fun too. And so I don't want it all to be like serious, serious, serious. Um, But it will be real for sure. And the reality is that there's a lot of people who are silently suffering. There's a lot of people who had silently suffered and I want that community of people to come forward and um, show support uh, to each other to others um, whether that's telling you know just some of our advices and tips and tricks on um, things that have been helpful in our journey Um, I don't mean to replace any medical you know, professional that you're currently seeking or encourage you to do anything you don't want to do. I'm just trying to share what worked with me and also give some advice to those who want it. So, Rock Talk. Rock Talk is a person who's experienced pain and is committed to living a better, healthier life. Rock Talk is a mom. Rock Talk is a woman. Rock Talk is a friend. Rock Talk is a confidant. Rock Talk is a paused. We'll say, initially I said X, but Rock Talk is a paused churchgoer. Um, once I found find a 
a raw body that can handle all of this <laughs> all of this flavor in personality um yeah that'll be great but for now there is no such body that i have found so uh also i am rock talk is an ex-ministry leader believe it or not ex-ministry participant uh, rock talk is a sister is a relative rock talk is an ex-drug addict rock talk is a current full-time employee rock talk is a relative uh, an ex-union leader rock talk is a lover of music rock talk is also a sexual abuse survivor rock talk uh, was a caregiver and has compassion and a soft heart for the elderly i'm excited to share all these parts of me and in hopes that you can relate to some all or none you might not relate to any of it but hopefully you can learn a little bit more about me and know a little bit of where i've come from but I want to remind everybody who can hear my voice right now, whether you're broken or you're healed, you're on your path. At some point, we have to make a choice. We had to make a choice. Do we want to stay broken or do we want to seek healing? Today, I hope that you seek healing. Thanks for participating and listening in on this episode of Who is Rock Talk?